This is Formula SAE FastCast, the official podcast of the Formula SAE series. Hey guys, welcome to Formula SAE FastCast. I'm Mike Sorg, the podcast and video producer with the SAE CDS series. And uh, we're here talking with some SAE Formula teams of years past about uh, their experiences and going into the new season. We have uh, in studio with us Ryan Good, University Programs Coordinator of Formula SAE. How you doing? How's it going, everybody? So I guess, like Ryan, we have a lot of uh, questions for these guys to kind of uh, uh, get in the head of uh, you know people that have done this for you know um, that they're they're doing this here and getting ready for the season here. So uh, let's get right into it. Oh, that sounds great. Yeah, well, the reason for this podcast is we kind of want to go through with teams on what they can expect when they come to uh, Formula SAE. Uh, what different teams have to go through. So we wanted to bring some of these teams in today and kind of talk with them and have them uh, tell us all about their experiences that they've had in the past and kind of what they do to get prepared. All right, guys, on the line from University of Texas Arlington's uh, formula team, we have, first of all, Chris Dunn with us. How are you doing, Chris? Good. How are yourself today? Excellent. And, uh, of course, their faculty advisor, Dr. Bob Woods. How are you doing? Great. Good morning to you. Awesome. And of course, uh, Ryan, I know you got a lot of great questions for these guys to find out what they're doing out there. So let's uh, get this kicked off, guys. Why don't you uh, tell me about how University of Texas Arlington became University of Texas Arlington Formula Racing? Well, we started out in Mini Baja starting in about 1974, I believe it was. And uh, no, I'm 78. And uh, we did that for 10 years. We won that six times. And then Simultaneously, we switched over to Formula SAE, and in that day, we could run uh, a car for two years, and so some years we had two Mini Bajas and two Formula cars in the same year, but we finally stopped doing the Mini Baja and just concentrated on Formula SAE. So you guys started off as a Baja team that wanted the Formula. You guys had the two uh, cars going at, at one time, so that was that was probably a lot going on at that time for you guys. It was pretty busy, and we also did uh, a hybrid car in the 90s and a compressed natural gas. And so uh, my wife almost divorced me. <laughs> oh, my. Yeah, uh, Dr. Bob Woods, I was actually told that you've been around since the inception of uh, Formula SAE. Is that correct? I've been around for Formula SAE every year except the very first year. And uh, first two years, we we entered our mini Baja cars modified to look like formula cars but uh after that we got into the real formula cars oh my so tell me about like the changes you've seen over the year with formula um the enhancements uh that has been going on with this program well it's interesting we have every car we've ever built i've sold uh, six of them to team captains but they're still around and we have access to them but it's very interesting to see the evolution we actually have the 84 car sitting here, and you can look at the evolution between it and the newest cars, and they were pretty simple back in the day, and uh, today's cars are pretty sophisticated. Gee, so uh, when are you guys going to be opening up the uh, University of Texas Arlington Museum of Formula Cars? <laughs> we have it pretty well open already. Uh, we have a showcase room, and... We have a machine shop and so forth. We have several cars uh, in the building, and then we have several cars in storage. Oh, my gosh. So you guys have come a long way over the years. You guys have been involved with Formula. But let's 
talk about last year. How was uh, on-site at Formula SA Lincoln for your team last year? I know you guys did pretty well. Uh, last year was great for us. We ended up fifth overall at uh, Lincoln, which was a really great turnout for us. I know we were disappointed that it wasn't first place, but we, we were pretty happy with the car overall. The overall experience was absolutely phenomenal. It was actually my first competition to be able to go to. So being able to go out there and see all the different teams, all the different methodologies that go into building one of these formula cars was absolutely fantastic. All right. So Chris, you said that was your first year. Are you a uh, sophomore, junior, or senior? I'm a junior this year. You're a junior as a team leader. That's pretty impressive. Yeah, it was a really big deal for uh, me to take this position this year, but I was really looking forward to it, seeing how I could help the team. Uh, this is where I thought I could put my best effort in for the team. All right, so my question then is for uh, Dr. Bob Woods. With uh, How did you determine who your team leader was going to be this year? Well, we sort of look at uh, the people that we have available to us and what experience they have and what their personality is. And Chris really came to the top as uh, the best candidate. And so uh, we selected him, and the team is very happy with him, and everything's running very smoothly. Speaking about things going smoothly, I know registration can be kind of uh, difficult for a few teams. So, Chris, why don't you tell me about your registration process with your team? Uh, registration process for us was uh, pretty easy for us, fortunately. Uh, being a top 10 team last year, we were able to get registration done a week early. Uh, so we we determined early on that we just wanted to go to Lincoln. We did not want to go up to Michigan. So with that advanced week where we had to sign up, we just went in and got that handled early. Uh, didn't have to worry about getting on the wait list or anything like that. So that was really it made it very nice on me not having to be stressed about being on the wait list or anything. No, I completely understand. The wait list uh, for some teams is a little nerve-wracking. But uh, why, yeah. <laughs> why did you guys choose uh, just to go to Formula SA Lincoln and uh, not the other two Formula events that we have? Well, Formula SAE Michigan comes during our finals, and the weather's usually not as bad, as good, and uh, – and the drives a little bit further. We actually prefer the concrete of Lincoln and the better weather, uh, shorter trip. So uh, we prefer to go to to Lincoln. We we're talking about the registration process. Um, Chris, how's it been so far affiliating your teams to the roster, the fast track roster? Uh, the fast track roster, I actually have not gotten around to that too much yet. <laughs> uh, but as far as adding people to the Formula SAE team on um, – the site, it's not very, it's not too bad. Uh, we've had a couple little snack uh, snafus with people trying to get that logged in, but mostly that's just getting people on there right now to work on cost report. Okay, yeah, I know some teams do struggle trying to get affiliated uh, to their roster. I just want to see like how you guys have been handling that so far, and if you guys have had any struggles, and you said you've run into a few uh, errors so far. If you don't mind, what kind of errors have you guys been running into? Uh, just Working with people, so typically whenever someone wants to get added to the roster, I'll sit down with them one-on-one since I've done it before and just kind of walk them through the process so that that doesn't happen. But whenever somebody goes off and tries to do it on themselves, on their own, uh, they'll sometimes just put in the wrong login information. I believe last week we had a team member that was trying to get added to the list and they were having issues and I just had to go sit down with them and they were just putting in they thought I had to give them a password or something. And it was just the password they created for themselves. Uh, so just little misunderstandings like that from people that aren't used to the system. Uh, we haven't had any major technical difficulties with it. Uh, is this for FSAE online or is this for SAE.org? Uh, SAE online. Um, so 
we were talking about your team members, how they are trying to get affiliated. Um, how do you go about recruiting members of your team and what kind of field of study are you looking for with uh, acquiring team members? As far as uh, fields of study that we go for, we are open to any and all majors here. Um, we actually really appreciate the diversity that different majors can bring to the team. If you get an entire team of mechanical and aerospace engineers, the entire competition is not just an engineering competition. You have the business aspects to it. You have the logistical aspects to it that are very, very critical that I think a lot of people overlook. So we have a couple business majors on the team. They're really helping us out with cost report as well as the business presentation. Uh, we're really getting prepared for that. So having that diversity of ideas from different backgrounds really helps us out. As uh, far as recruiting goes, we have an on-campus activity fair once a semester that we participate in. Uh, we actually bring one of the form- one or two of the formula cars out. Uh, we put them out there. The amount of students that walk by and just get drawn in by the cars is absolutely outstanding. I know I love standing out there during the activity fair and just interacting with the student body and just getting people interested about the cars, knowing that it's just students that do this. You don't have to have any prerequisites in order to be a part of this organization. Okay. That hey, that sounds great that you guys are able to recruit your members that way. When you guys uh, talk about splitting up the workload here, you're talking about bringing in business majors to help with the cost report, the presentation scenario. Tell me about, um, do you send engineer students in for those or do you? Uh, is it strictly your business? Uh, in years past, we have had engineering students do the business portions of it. Uh, last year, myself and another engineer were actually the two people that gave the business presentation because last year we weren't as diverse as we are this year. Uh, but as far as cost report goes, the way that we typically handle that is that those people, the business people this year are in charge of the cost report, but each individual system lead does do their part in order to make sure that it's not a few people taking the entire workload of cost report, because making sure that entire document is right is a real pain. And just the amount of man hours that go into that is really impressive. All right. Hey, that sounds great. And the one thing that you just mentioned now that I kind of want to touch base on, you said you have uh, different leads. So you have different leads for each event? Uh, different leads for each system. Uh, what is the leadership like for your team? Uh, we have a tear down structure. So at the top uh, is myself as team captain and chief engineer. Um, I'm mostly in charge of the logistics of everything, making sure that the team stays on schedule, while the chief engineer is more concerned with technical aspects, making sure that uh, the car ends up with four wheels, actually. <laughs> but uh, going down from there, each subsystem on the vehicle has its own lead. So if we have uh, an issue or a problem with the system or we just have a question, we have that one person that we can go to that we know has um, all the knowledge about that one individual system that we can go to and rely on their info. This is your second year with the team as the lead. What did you learn from last year's uh, leader that um, kind of inspired you or that you also wanted to bring to your team this year? Uh, last year's uh, le- uh, team captain was actually our suspension lead this year. Uh, he's absolutely phenomenal. Um, him and I have really grown in friendship since we've since I've taken on this role, and I've really talked to him a lot about some of the issues that I've been having as team captain, whether that just be getting people into the shop, making sure stuff stays on schedule, getting orders out, uh, just various things like that. So him and I have really interacted a lot to make this year go as smoothly as we can. Perfect that you guys have that great uh, camaraderie between the two of you and uh, that you guys are able to work together like that. Um, the more communication you guys have between team members, uh, the better your team is going to be able to do. Um, so what is the goals that you guys have set out for your team this year? Uh, goals for this year, the really big one that we had for this year was staying on schedule. 
Uh, one thing that has just plagued us as a program in the past is just falling behind schedule. And I wanted to make sure that really did not happen this year. Uh, so our goal for this year was actually to have a full competition ready car by spring break, which uh, we are absolutely outstanding that we are as far as we are right now. And it looks like we will actually be able to meet that goal. How does your team actually go about acquiring sponsorships? And when you do acquire these sponsorships, because you guys have been uh, participating year after year, how do you keep these sponsorships? Well, we uh, have had, as you say, sponsorship uh, that's continuous. We have numerous uh, uh, sponsors, and, and I sort of do most of this sponsor contact. Sometimes they like to work with the faculty. Sometimes they like to work with the students. But uh, as I say, we've got a lot of continuing sponsors, and as as our recognition grows, we have more people willing to help us. Let's touch base on actually with the faculty advisor right now, Chris. What has, uh, what has uh, Dr. Woods meant to your team and what is the importance of having a faculty advisor? Dr. Woods means a lot to this team. Uh, going back to earlier, how he's been around Formula SAE since its beginning, actually helped write the rule book. Uh, having that resource at our disposal is absolutely outstanding. Uh, I cannot emphasize enough how important Dr. Woods is to this program uh, from whether it be interacting with sponsors, as you said, just helping us out uh, as far as uh, design choices, uh, making sure that we don't make a horrible mistake and something he keeps us in check every step of the way. Um, being around this for <laughs> as many years as Dr. Woods has, he's absolutely outstanding to have on the team. I always have emails coming through from different teams asking me if a faculty advisor is needed to be on site. And I know uh, Dr. Woods is there on site for your team. Tell me what's the importance of that. Well, I actually wrote that rule when I wrote the, uh, the rules back in 80 something. Um, but I think it's important that the, some teams, you know, get a little bit unruly and you need a little bit of oversight. Uh, for, so the faculty advisor is going to be, watching over them. And sometimes the faculty needs to interact with the judges and the officials because the students sometimes can get a little bit emotional. And so it's just a, a smoothing effort that uh, it should be there. All right. So with uh, everyone planning their travels to come to uh, Lincoln, the faculty advisors, the students, how do you guys plan your travels? As far as planning our travels go, uh, the team members themselves, we are fortunate enough that we uh, rent two vehicles to go up there and just drive up there. We have one just 15 passenger van, which the majority of the team members go in that we drive up there. And then as well as we get a, a big truck that we can tow our trailer with up to Lincoln and that whoever can't fit in the passenger van fits into there. Uh, so as far as logistics for that, it's just getting the rental car figured out for us. So that's not too bad. Uh, then we always have one hotel that we stay in up there that Dr. Woods handles the reservations on. So we just make sure that we get those reservations made in plenty of time so we don't have any issues with that. When you guys are making your reservations for your stay up there, do you guys try to come up uh, a couple days early, a week early? or uh, We usually come up just one day uh, early so that we have a full night's sleep before the early registration. Uh, we, you know, we don't have a lot of time to spare, and so that's the way we plan it. How are the jitters for the uh, new team members coming up, Chris? I know you were a first-year team, uh, first-year member last year for your team. So how was that first night coming up there for you guys? Were you out there working your vehicles? Uh, what all was going on? What's going through your head at that time? 
the drive up there, I was absolutely just ecstatic the entire time. Uh, working so long and so many late nights to get that car to the point that it was at in the trailer. Uh, it was absolutely outstanding to actually finally be able to go to the competition to show show other schools and other people what we'd actually been able to do uh, with our resources here. Um, we fortunately did not have any work to do on the car whenever we got up there. Uh, we just had to slightly disassemble it to get it into the trailer. So whenever we rolled up to Lincoln the next morning, we got out, unloaded the trailer, put our wings on, put our under tray on, and we were ready to go. Well, you were talking about those late nights you had uh, trying to prepare for this. So tell me how many late nights you usually have working on this vehicle. How much work do you have to put in for this? Uh, myself, personally, I'm probably looking at about 40 to 60 hours a week on top of just normal class load and stuff, just trying to be here, get as much stuff done. Uh, late nights, there are way too many that I'd care to count. Oh, my. Yeah, this is, I know there's a lot of work that goes into this, especially being a team captain. I know that you're constantly having to look over everybody, make sure everything's in order. Uh, as you said, handling the logistics of everything. So uh, speaking about having all that, uh, you're overworking everything and you're taking care of everything. How has your university handled your team? And has there been any obstacles that you've had to overcome? Actually, the university has tremendous support for us, all the way from uh, department chairman, the dean, the president, the provost, the chief of police, uh, vice president. Everyone is just so enthusiastic about what we do that we get all the support uh, that that we could possibly imagine. Now, we don't really use much uh, school funds uh, to build the car. We let the university pay for travel, but we build the car with uh, sponsor donations and in-kind donations for building parts and so forth. So we, we have a great support system here. Uh, and, and I think it's interesting, some of the starting teams – you know, haven't really figured the administration hasn't really figured out how significant this is for recruiting, because basically everybody on the team uh, says they came here to join the team. So it's a tremendous recruiting tool. And finally, our university has figured all that out. Having the university's backing is always a, a really step up for, uh, especially for these rookie teams that they can get it. What are some uh, common misconceptions that uh, some new teams might see when they come in. Uh, I know you guys have been around for a while, so you guys uh, might see some of these teams coming onto site. And what are some things that you guys have seen uh, that these teams got did not expect? Well, I think we we actually mentor a lot of uh, teams. I've traveled to I think it's twelve different t different universities and and helped uh, get them started. The advice we always give them is. Don't do too much. Uh, don't try to do aero. Don't try to do fancy electronics. Learn the basics. And, and once you have a car that's reliable and you know how to tune it and how to drive it, then start thinking about the fancy things. So uh, that's my biggest advice because most people, they want to, you know, really soup up the engine, turbocharge it. They want to do aerodynamics. They want to do electronic dash and, and stuff like that. And that's really uh, not what you should be doing. The first year you should build a car that hopefully will get points in every event. If you do that, you're an absolute success. Uh, so keep it simple. Learn to, to build the car, learn how to drive it, learn how to tune it, learn how to make it reliable, then start doing the extra stuff. 
All right. Uh, what are some lessons that your team has actually learned the hard way? I know we were talking about some of these new teams coming in and what they had to learn the hard way. But what about you guys? What have you guys had to learn the hard way? Well, I think uh, every year, uh, it, except for this year, we seem to take on a little bit too much and uh, get behind and not have enough time with the car before we go to the competition. And you'd think that we'd learn that every year. We come back from the competition, they say, we ain't never going to do that again. And uh, sure enough, we do. And so uh, I think we finally have learned, you know, to build the car on time, make it just good enough and uh, have more time with it so it's reliable and we know it's it's well tuned. Uh, There's also been a lot of other things that we've tried that didn't work out at all. And we didn't do that again. Well, being a legacy team that you guys are, do you find yourself uh, coming across other challenges? Maybe the judges are expecting more or uh, you guys want to see major changes? Well, I think uh, learning how to deal with the judges is sort of an ongoing uh, process. You know, the judges may be different every year. One year they'll like something, the next year they won't. Uh, so you don't really know, but learning how to uh, engage the judges, get them to uh, ask you the questions that you want to talk about and to bring up subjects that, that uh, you want to emphasize, uh, it should be uh, more uh, interactive instead of just passive. You know, don't just let the judges ask a question and answer that question and be done with it. Uh, try to engage them into the areas you want to talk about. So that, that is a thing that we struggle with from year to year. Uh, so you guys, being a legacy team that you guys are, I do have one final question for you. Is What is the best advice you can give to these other teams? Well, as I said, uh, the best advice to the other teams is don't take on too much. Uh, you know, Don't ever try to attempt something that you don't have the facilities or the funds or the knowledge for uh, well in hand. And so... Uh, Keep it simple and and progress. For several years, the guy said, we want wings. And I said, until you can drive that car to its uh, absolute limit and need to go faster, then we'll talk about wings. But until then, don't talk about it. So something like five years later, we put on wings and they went faster. So progress as you go. Keep it simple and build on. There you go. And many people have said this is a competition of management as much as it is of engineering. And and most of the engineers want to go crazy with, oh, I've designed this. I can make it a little bit better. Give me a little bit more time. Oh, I have a new design. I want to make it better. And at some point you have to say, this is good enough. Let's let's learn to, to uh, optimize this and, and learn the best from it. And that's what you have to do in industry as well. Some points you just have to draw a line and say, it's good enough. Let's go. All right. So, Dr. Woods, you were uh, talking about this and uh, said, talking about the competition. I know some teams have said that uh, being a competition, um, that they came in actually thinking it was just a competition. Um, something that we've noticed with students over time is that they realize this is more of an educational Uh, competition than anything. What have you told your students about that? Well, of course, this is the best possible uh, engineering education they can get. Whenever you give a student a homework problem where the method is outlined in the book and you know what the answer is, and he turns the crank and gets the answer, 
you're not really learning. You're learning how to turn the crank. But until you're faced with a problem that you motivated yourself how to solve and you don't know what the answer is and you don't know someone that does know the answer, that's when true learning uh, occurs. And that's what's fantastic about Formula SAE is that these guys design something, then they have to design it within mind. They're going to build it in the shop. They don't need all the fancy fillet radiuses everywhere. And uh, they have to build it and they have to worry about how much it costs and how, how they can repair it. And so that's true learning. That's exactly what industry wants out of these students. Well, I appreciate you guys' time today. And uh, thank you, Chris. And thank you, uh, Dr. Woods. And obviously, thank you to University of Texas Arlington for your time. Well, thank you for having us today. It's been a pleasure. Yeah, we really appreciate it. Y'all have a great day. And uh, on the line, our friends from Alabama A&M team, uh, we have Datoon and Arbion. How are you guys doing out there? Doing well. How about you? We're good. We're good. All right. So, Datoon, could you tell me um, how did your team do last year on site? So, last year was actually our first year at the competition, and we had collaborated with another university. Uh by University of Technology from China, actually. And so it was a, it was really a, a good experience. And we learned a lot. We saw the teams and what it took to actually build your car, compete in the competition, uh, give your presentations. And it was a really warm environment because all the teams were very encouraging and helpful and gave us a lot of advice to use for the years to come. Uh, tell me, how did your team actually begin, the organization? I see you, say, you were telling us that you uh, collaborated with another university. Tell us how that was handled and how it became organized. Around 2014, I believe, our dean, Dr. Chance Glenn, uh, he met with the president of SpaceX. And I, as I recall, she had mentioned to him uh, something about FSAE. And so Dr. Glenn decided that that should be something that A&M looks into and tries to develop a team for that. And so last year, I believe, was our first year incorporating it into our projects division here at A&M. And so... That was kind of our first run through of it. And this year is our first year actually going to the competition and competing solely by ourselves. Oh, so you guys will not be collaborating this year with the other university? No, this year we'll be building the car ourselves, giving the presentation ourselves. All right. That sounds great. Um, tell me about your um, how you guys did with the different events last year. How did you guys prepare for those? And um, what kind of uh, feedback did you get from the judges last year? Uh, last year was, uh, as a really learning experience from us, we got, uh, really great feedback from the judges. Uh, it was really constructive, you know, and they was missing to us. It was our first year. So, uh, we got some, some criticism that we needed, some, uh, some helpful stuff that we needed for, uh, coming into this year. And, um, the events that we did last year. So we actually handled the report side of the competition last year. So uh, within the A&M uh, university group side of the project, we set certain people to do certain presentations and uh, present like their cost and business and design reports. We did uh, set certain people to do that. Uh, and overall, the whole experience for the A&M team was uh, a really great learning experience. I'm really glad we did it that way. And so when we coming into this year, we can get the ball rolling and start out on a high note this year. So last year, you guys actually didn't build the car. It was the other university did, and you guys handled the document side of it. Yes, sir. 
Okay. That's, hey, that's a great way to get started off. Get your feet wet. Get in there and get going. Um, so you guys said you guys are going to get the ball rolling for this year. So how did preparation for registration week go for your team? I know that could be a little bit stressful with all the teams all at once trying to get on there. So tell me how that went for you guys. Yeah, so we actually utilized some of our team members. And that day for registration, we were all in the room with our laptops so. And as soon as the time hit, we all tried to get on there and register. And one of our team members was able to get in there. We were able to enter, enter in all the information required, and we were able to get registered. So it was it was a bit nerve-wracking because we wanted to make sure we were one of those teams that got in. But at the end of the day, we got in. <laughs> it was spam clicking that button hard. Like uh, we, was, we, was, we was nervous and excited all at the same time. Everybody was jittery and everything, and it was it was – it was a cool experience for us. And you guys uh, are only going to Formula Michigan this year, correct? Yes. Okay. Are you guys looking to expand that in the future, Look, going to other Formula competitions? Uh, yes. So uh, Baja. Uh, Baja was very interesting to me. Uh, I actually did some research on it, and uh, that's the next project that I wish we could work on. Uh, it's, I actually fell in love with it. It's pretty cool. So. In the next years to come, I think Baja is going to be our next step. And then the electric car for Formula. Oh, the electric car so for Formula. We'll just okay. see where that goes. No, that that's great. We're going to be uh, – I've already expanded that into Formula SA North this year with our electric vehicles. So uh, that's definitely going to be a great opportunity for you guys. So t- tell me, how did your team go about acquiring team sponsorships? So uh, Arbion and I actually sat down and – we have a we had a proposal that was used for like the project division that we used to well we took it and we kind of renovated it to be strictly for SAE and we had about uh, six pages in the proposal where we just kind of listed what the project was what our team is uh, doing going into this year and and towards the project uh, our timeline uh, listing uh, when we would get each system done and how we're preparing for the competition in Michigan. And then we just listed our budget and we, we've been uh, utilizing our Dean, his resources and getting that out there as much as we can. Uh, also at the career fair, we talked to a lot of uh, the different companies that came to see us about former SAE and asked them if they would like to sponsor us or provide any support in any way. And also when our students go to different conferences, they make sure to you. Uh, mainly our team members on the team. They make sure to talk to the companies that I talk to. We've actually been able to, able to get some help through that as well. Uh, I know one of our team members went to Bayer. None of our team members went to the Nesby Conference back in the fall. So we've just been, as much as we can, reaching out to whoever is able to provide support. All right, that sounds great. How's the success been so far? Are you guys getting a lot coming in? Yeah, we have a, a couple of good companies that were – Open the reveal on the car, putting our stickers on there. So, how did that go last year for you guys? Being a rookie team last year, were you guys aware of going after the sponsorships, or uh, did you guys uh, just start to acquire that last year when you guys were at the competition? Uh, so last year at the career at the fall career fair, Denzo had reached out to us, and they had they had put in some really good money for us. They actually helped us out. They knew that we were starting up and. Uh, knowing that we was going to be the only other HBCU there, uh, they wanted to uh, partner with us. And so 
they they really helped us out last year. They they gave us a good amount and got us up there. Let us uh, let us learn, and it, it was really helpful. If you guys don't mind me asking, what is your budget for uh, this project with your team? So we had a budget of about forty-two thousand. Uh, that's neglecting the uh, travel cost. Oh, geez. So you guys have a big goal in mind, and uh, I'm really hoping that you guys are able to reach that for sure. Yeah, thank you very much. So you guys brought up your team members about how they go to uh, different conferences. So how do you guys go about recruiting members of your team? Back when uh, school started in about August, we held a general body meeting allowing students from different from the different colleges here on campus to come and hear about our experience at SAE last year and then basically explain to them what what goes into the competition, how much time it requires. And so we actually had them fill out applications and we took those applications, uh, read about their experience, read about what they could put forward into the team. And we selected about 20, 25 students between that margin. And we've been working with them since about September. That was when we sent out the acceptance letters. And so those students, are they, they were mainly engineering students. We were looking for a couple business, but we do have some interest, engineering students with business backgrounds that will be able, able to help us with the reports. So just, and then also dividing that workload, we looked at what uh, what systems they were most interested in, interested in and what, what areas they would be able to utilize their skills. All right, so you guys have a few business majors on your team, a few engineering majors on your team. Uh, so what has the leadership been like for the two of you guys? Uh, I know being a newer team, it's a big role to take on, big responsibility. Talk to us about that. It's been an a experience that I won't forget. Uh, what I told Datoon is it's like a SAE, is like a startup business basically for your university. So uh, dealing with that, it, you have to address the situations like a startup business would, uh, what problems you'll have here, uh, how would you deal with certain situations here. We, we, we address those. Uh, and we knew they would happen, so we would just uh, figure out how we would handle them, do it quickly and efficiently, and that's that's how it's been so far. It's been working out for us lately, uh, and right now we just feed off each other, so uh, communication right now is a big thing for us. Uh, we've been uh, constantly contacting with each other on just anything like if it's just uh going to the shop and meeting up we we constantly communicate uh communicating to, communicating to the team is is a big thing uh we're we're here to help each other uh that's why we decided to co-lead do a co-lead this year uh because we know how important sae is and we know how big of a deal it is so we decided that you know two heads are better than one and we uh, still get help from uh, other people that has led other teams, and you know they have gave us feedback uh, how things should go, and that's that's mainly how it's been so far. Uh, yeah, that sounds great. That sounds uh, most teams they had come in with like one team captain. So I was curious to hear how um, the two dual leadership was going for you guys. But as you said, the uh, communication's been a key point, and uh, it sounds like you guys are doing a great job with it all. So you guys, are, we were talking about your budget earlier, and um, Batoon, you told me that uh, your budget did not include for the travel. So 
Talk to me about how do you guys plan to travel to Michigan from Alabama? As we said about last year, we could, we uh, collaborated with Hebe University in China. And so it was a big hassle for them to ship their car over overseas. And it, I remember getting up there um, maybe two days before the competition. We had to rush around just to get the car from the port. So this year we're looking at, instead of shipping it up there, we're looking at getting our own trailer to put the car in. And we're probably all going to ride up there in about in a van. And so just the lodging and all of that is going to be taken care of our faculty advisor. And, of course, uh, the money that we get from sponsorship, whatever uh, excess there is, excess remains, that's going to be put forward into our travel. Okay. So what made you guys choose to travel to Formula SA Michigan over Formula SA Lincoln or Formula SA North this year? Yeah, so uh, last year we went to Michigan. So Michigan has just been on our eye from the beginning. And that's what we registered for. And that's what we've been looking at regarding SAE. So moving on here with the, some of the other questions that we do have, uh, what is the importance of a faculty advisor for your team? Um, like what are the benefits of having one? Uh, for With our faculty advisor, uh, he's been uh, very helpful. He's been there since uh, the beginning. He's actually recruited Datun and I to do uh, to lead SA. So he he's there. He helps us with the technical advice, the the business advice. Uh, he he gave us like mock interview questions to uh, know how the business report would go. In the design report and all that, uh, he's been there every step of the way. Uh, Dr. Chan, he, he's a he's a really great guy. All right, that's great. So you said that um, Dr. Chan actually recruited the two of you. Uh, how did that approach go, and, and uh, how was that communicated to the both of you? Yeah, so last year when we were both on the team and we both traveled to Michigan, uh, our past two leaders, uh, Aaliyah Hamilton and Josh Seals. Uh, they kind of got their foot in the door leading the team, and they actually led another team, led a project here at A&M, the uh, NASA Rover Challenge. I'm not sure if you heard of it. but So they were both over the SAE team and the Rover Challenge team. And so just – I know Dr. Chan, he really thought it was important for individuals to get in that leadership role and see what it takes to lead over a project, lead over a body of uh, individuals. And so after seeing RB&I last year, he decided that it would be a good idea to have us step up into that leadership role. And so he talked to us about it, uh, I think, right after we got back from Michigan last year. And so ever since then, we've, we've known we're going to be the leaders and we've been preparing for it over the summer and trying to drop a plan for how we would approach the competition this year. With you two being the new leaders and Dr. Chan putting the faith in you two, what are your goals for your team this season then? RB&I actually came up with a slogan for us back in September and it's learn execute and perform and that's really the goal to learn as much as we can uh, through this project with all the tasks that it requires all the the actually hands-on getting in there unlike unlike the classroom environment we actually get to work on this car do the welding do the wiring uh, designing a lot of it and so just to learn as much as we can through that execute as uh, to the best of our ability and then perform well in the competition and just get that experience out there. 
That sounds great. That definitely sounds like you guys have your mind in the right place and your goals are uh, broken down pretty properly there. Um, so how had, I know you were speaking earlier about your Dean, how he wanted to get this whole, uh, program started up for his university. So tell me how has your university handled your team and has there been any obstacles you've had to overcome? Yeah. So they've been very supportive actually through this whole process. And we've actually come to know that a lot of, uh, a lot of people are watching us as this is our first year solely competing and building our own car. We know the Dean's looking at us, the president of the university is looking at us. And I know they wanted to make it. They want to make it a big uh, spectacle uh, when we reveal the car, when we have it all complete and finished, when we have our drivers, and right before we head up to Michigan to compete, because it'll be a, a really huge milestone for this school, building our own car, competing in, su- in such an event like this. So they've been really supportive, especially with sponsorship, trying to get us out there, trying to uh, make sure all ears are hearing about us, and so. This whole process, they've been supportive. They've been very helpful. Yeah, having the backing of your university is very huge for teams, especially when it comes to get, trying to acquire the sponsorships and getting your names out there. So uh, kudos to Alabama A&M University for having uh, your teams back. That's for sure. Um, so what are some misconceptions, common misconceptions that team might have coming into Formula? You guys came in first year last year, and what are some of the things that may have blindsided your team that you guys weren't expecting to happen? And what are some lessons that your team had to learn the hard way last year? So one thing we were actually shocked about was the community. Because as we said earlier, when we went up there, it's a competition. So you, I guess you go in there thinking everyone's competing. Everyone's working hard on their own car, on their own presentations. And they're trying to get first place. But really the community up there, the, the, the atmosphere up there was just very helpful, very encouraging. All the teams were, especially we want to, Thank especially Auburn University and actually Air Force. They gave us uh, some pointers that we're actually using this year. And so going to that competition, it was, as we said, we were nervous going in there uh, first time, just starting up. And so getting our foot in the door, seeing how open everyone is to joining in and helping around. So that, that was really a very big point that we took from the competition last year. As to uh, some of the hardships that we learned the hard way, uh, the presentation portion for our perspective was uh, where we learned a lot, where we learned uh, our failures, so to speak, and our strong points. So this year going to presentations, we're really trying to uh, strengthen that area, strengthen our reports as well. And also as we're building a car, making sure there's no errors in anything that we're doing, making sure this car functions correctly, make sure it's able to compete in all the events. So just going in there, putting our best foot forward and and just trying to compete as hard as we can. So you were saying one of the uh, common misconceptions or something that may have blindsided you this year is when, or last year is when you went to the competition, you were kind of expecting it to be a more competitive base, but uh, the end result was you guys ended up learning a lot, uh, being better educated on uh, what exactly is going to be taking place. It was like a a business, a whole business. They say it's, uh, it's like a whole business side. We uh, went up there just expecting the competition, everybody being competitive. And like Datun said, uh, we made some great friend uh, friendships with different uh, different universities and uh, even uh, uh, judges at the competition. Uh, they judged us hard, but they knew 
uh, it will help us when we come back next year. And they they uh, off uh, not offer, but they they wanted to see us basically next year. They wanted to see us do better because uh, they know we have the potential to. So that's why I feel like uh, when Datu mentioned the report side, uh, it, it wasn't more of them just judging us hard and did you did this and did this. It's basically. Uh, helping us so next year we come back stronger and better this year stronger stronger and better so for you guys being a rookie team last year my last question you guys is what is the best advice you guys can give to these uh, new teams that are coming on this year start early pay attention to details Uh, utilize every resource that you have Um, be mindful of who you let onto the team because like I said, this is a startup business. Uh, it's basically like a startup business. So you want your business to run as well as possible. You want it to run as, as efficient as possible. Your work ethic is going to have to change because SAE is not a, a school year thing. It's, the, it's from the time the t- competition ends to the date of the competition. It is a, it is a process that will tie you out, but you got to keep going. Uh, and if that's what you want to do, is that, if that's how you work, and you'll love it. I know me and Datoon are putting in every weekends uh, that we have, every free time that we have working, because uh, there's always something to do. It's, it, you're not just sitting here for a period of time. Uh, so I would say your work ethic is going to have to change if it hasn't already. And just to add on to what Armion's saying, one point that I really want to stress is be willing to expand your horizons because it's not just building a car or it's not just giving presentations. Like we said, we have business and engineering specialties on our group. And it's important to know that even though you're not skilled in this area, you don't know much about this area, be willing to learn about it. Be willing to put your hands in there, put your foot in the door and just be willing to learn as much as possible because you never know where you end up in the future and what skills may come into play. So just being able to learn as much as possible and do the best that you can. And just knowing that this competition, like we said, it is a competition, but still it's a learning experience. It's, it looks great on your resume. A lot of companies, when they see that you, you've been a part of the SAE competition, they'll know what goes into that competition, how much you had to do. And they'll know that whatever you, whatever uh, industry you're going to go into, whatever your job you're going to have, especially after you graduate, you'll be prepared for it, especially with what this competition has put you through. Well, I would like to thank you, Datun and Arbion and uh, Alabama A&M University. Uh, that is all the questions I have for you guys today. Well, that was a great conversation with two uh, teams at different phases of their uh experience level here in the uh, formula competition here uh so ryan what, what did we what did we learn from today well i i met the goal on what to expect that was the uh, point of this podcast i wanted to bring two teams in one being a newer team with uh, alabama a&m university and one being university of texas arlington uh, i myself being in my second year with sae uh, going into these competitions i know that there's a lot that can happen and some things you don't see coming um so with uh, speaking with Alabama A&M University, I got to hear, uh, we heard what their budget was and what all goes into this vehicle and the time spent. And you heard it from University of Texas Arlington too, 
spending 40 to 60 hours a week on this. So um, as one university said, this is a job, it's a business. And as a University of uh, Texas Arlington said, 40, 60 hours, guys. So this is a full-time job for uh, these students. So I uh, was able to learn a lot on the different processes that these teams go through. Some of these things you learn on site um, with the different team members that they're going to have. But uh, hearing it firsthand and the structure on how they build their teams is uh, it's, it's amazing that the uh, time and work and effort that these uh, students put in and the, the realization that they come to as in with formula is not just a competition. This isn't just um, I'm going to beat this team or I'm going to do this with my vehicle. But instead, it's the learning aspect that these uh, students are able to gather and uh, the different hands-on experiences that they get to have instead of just being at the classroom with a pen and paper in their hands. Instead, they have their hands going into these vehicles and building them from scratch. So uh, just the the overall, just listening to what these uh, students and teams go through is is, is just mind-boggling. So, And, of course, we expect to have these uh, teams back here after the season, after we, we see how everything went, too, so we can kind of uh, uh, bookend this a little bit uh, later on. Yeah, it'll be great to hear how uh, Alabama A&M University does at Formula Michigan and then to follow up uh, after Formula SA Lincoln and see how uh, University of Texas Arlington does. Uh, will they be able to hold that uh, top 10 ranking that they had from last year? A lot riding on the line. It'll be good to hear uh, what's going on there. And of course, please keep uh, an eye on everything going on and stay tuned to FastCast. And uh, we'll see you guys next time and be safe out there. Thanks for listening to Formula SAE FastCats. As always, we want to hear from you, so email us at formulasae at sae.org. The show notes for this episode can be found at www.fsaeonline.com. Stay safe and we'll catch you next episode.